0: Hello, and welcome to another Decade in Review podcast. This time we're taking care of 2017, which means, including this one, there are three left to go. I know I said like five and four on the last episode, but why should you ever listen to me? Anyways, I am LB, joining me as always is CT. Hey there. So 2017 was the year that I started winding down in my anime viewing. I still watched quite a bit, but not nearly as much as I was like earlier in the decade when I had time and energy, but I did have a couple of misses this year a couple of series that I watched that just did not end up panning out and I was debating on if I wanted to talk about them or not but since you mentioned that you have a couple misses yourself this year I figure I might as well go ahead uh the first one I want to bring up is a comedy series that had a really bad second half like it completely ruined itself in the second half and that would be anime got terry that series was just really good up through the first half and then the (laughs) second half basically if i recall correctly it's been a while since i've watched this one it basically started trying to introduce this ludicrous plot to tie everything together when being a slice of life was so much more better for the series. That's my first one. And then my second one is an example of a series that probably would have been good had it gotten a second season, but since it only got one core and it spent that entire time introducing its characters and basic ideas... And not getting around to actually doing anything with them. It ended up again being a miss, and that'd be Classroom of the Elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I would also go ahead and say that it's very tone deaf in its presentation. Um, in one case, for instance, it spends an entire episode with the characters chasing after a pervert who's terrorizing some of the female (laughs) students. And then in the very next episode, those same characters are hatching up a plan to peep on the girls in their locker room.
1: That does seem like a little bit of a tonal uh, bifurcation there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a very tone-deaf series. It didn't know what it wanted to be in the characters one character in particular has that split personality trait where she appears sweet and innocent and cute and all people pleasing but in private she's psychotic
1: Hmm. i did enjoy that reveal at least
0: yeah that was interesting i just i wish that they had done something with it
1: yeah both of the ones you mentioned were ones that I lost enthusiasm in during their first core and just stopped watching. So I can, I can understand how, uh, how they, uh, uh, you know, make your list in that case
0: those were my misses for this year did you have any others besides those or did you Uh, were those the ones on your list as well
1: those were not the ones specifically the first one i'm just going to mention was because 2017 is an interesting year for uh cg in general but there was one that i just feel you have to mention for being dizzying pile of just utter confusing cg wank in service of almost nothing i think everyone made fun of this series uh called handshakers uh you probably only ran across it by people just taking screenshots or or gifs of it and showing what the heck is this uh because it you know when it was trying to blend the 2D and the 3D it was horrible. The camera work was mystifying. Uh, the action was weird. And all, all of it was bad. So that, that was just a production level bad. Uh, one thing came back and was just personally insulting to me because if you bring back something that is connected to uh, Irresponsible Captain Tyler and you make it the garbage fire that was irresponsible galaxy tyler i will simply dislike you (laughs) uh because that's certainly classic era that's one of my uh favorite i i definitely have rose tinted glasses for tyler in general but i do not know why they bothered doing anything with that so i the little bit of it i caught just made me hopping mad uh But the one for me that was the utter cratering uh, from what I thought was an excellent start uh, was Cato, The Right Answer. Uh, It landed with an interesting sci-fi premise. It did have, you know, a bit of a large CG 2D blending but because it was dealing in, you know, alien technology coming to Earth and strange stuff, it was very fitting for it. Uh, and it seemed like it was going to play with interesting concepts and do interesting things. Uh, it had one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, scientist characters. The There was a best girl who I could invest a lot of appreciation with. Uh, it looked like it was doing more hard sci-fi exploration and then it falls off the biggest cliff imaginable by the end and I'm like, are you shitting me show It was so bad that it it immediately just detonates the rest of the series I'm like it, it's weird to have like, eight to nine episodes of great and you're like oh, okay this is pretty cool i'm still invested in all what that's going on i'm a little worried here a little worried what are you gonna do and then it does and you go oh that's really bad <laughs> 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 and uh it is unfortunate because i thought that it could have been a substantially good hard sci-fi Series and man, it craps all over itself.
0: Handshakers, I only know by reputation. Kato, I haven't even really heard anyone talking about it, so I can't. And I'm guessing the reasons that you just described are probably the reason why I haven't heard anybody talking about it.
1: I think. I mean, you've mentioned that you don't really dig sci-fi stuff so even though people were talking about it it was an original so no one knew what was going on there was no one to provide warning of yeah you might want to watch out for this adaptation so a small segment of us were were really invested in this and talking about it uh again from from time to time like we do with things like Erased to re-zero so we were chatting and discussing the concepts and that made the fall all the harder Because at that point, it was like, oh, my God, we all just gave up simultaneously (laughs) on on the show. But because it was very much in sort of sci-fi, hard sci-fi, really not action, but it's kind of thinking and social, uh, political kind of stuff going on. uh, If that's not your bag and not, you know, the kind of people who you follow on social media... It could certainly uh, slip attention.
0: That makes sense. With those out of the way, let's go ahead, let's get into our Honorable Mentions, the series that we wanted to put on our main list, but just couldn't find the space for for whatever reason. Uh, Let's go ahead, let's start with you. What are your Honorable Mentions uh, for 2017?
1: Okay. Since I could not bring myself to use a slot for a movie this year... Uh, I'm going to put a few in the honorable mentions. One of them wasn't that much of a, uh, uh, you know, thumbs up with me. It's good enough, uh, but it represents sort of a worthy first effort of the studio Ponach, which was uh, basically it spun off uh, one of the major producers from Ghibli and one of their major directors spun off after i don't know the seventh time miyazaki retired and the studio (laughs) was in more of an of an official shutdown quote unquote which they which they never seem to have followed through with and it's a it's a lively uh you know fantasy adventure kind of thing uh shades of kiki and other stuff because of course witch and uh, little girl and witchy things so it's it's nice, uh, so I'm just going to bring attention uh, to it. Interestingly, you get a double dose of Masaki Yuasa this year in Night is Short, Walk-On Girl, and Lou Over the Wall. And both of those, especially if you're a Yuasa fan, are uh, well worth your time. Uh, Night is Short, Walk-On Girl is a, uh, you know, another thing, same author as Tatami Galaxy, I recall so it's it's officially connected to that uh, and also one of the few times that I get to pull from an OVA 2017 had a a nice wholesome uh, shoujo eerie romance uh, in Kasei-san and uh, it'll get a follow-up next year in, in movie form so I think the source material is pretty short uh, but you know it's it's a uh, it's very fluffy uh, <laughs> kind of romance fare, if that's your bag. Uh, another few things I'm just going to mention in passing, because 2017 has them. I talked about Ninja Girl and Samurai Master last year, but this year has the most episodes of it. There are like 78 total episodes of this, and most of them happen in 2017. Uh, we talked about Sangatsu no Lion uh, in the 2016 cast, but this is where the bulk of the meat of uh, of it sits in. I think uh, unexpectedly, we got uh, Eccentric Family sequel, so I'm going to mention it here. And uh, the other one I couldn't categorize well into my list below, and is more PA works, and is more worthy PA works, but definitely not quite. Uh, top tier, if you're going to compare it to Shirobako, but uh, Soccer Request was another, you know, two core working girls production, and uh, I, th- I think it flatlined with a number of people, but it's still the kind of thing that I dig from them. Uh, so it, I think it's well worth your time.
0: I've tried to watch Soccer Request a couple of times. I watched the first time it ran. I watched up until like sep- episode seven or eight. And then I tried again after it had completed and I only got through episode like four or five. Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, just did not connect with that series.
1: Gotcha. Understandable. It is a, it is a slow roll, as it were. I'm not even going to say boil with it. Because you're kind of... It, in a way, the back of your mind, you're trying to wait for something to click in and be a little meatier, and it kind of doesn't the whole way through. But in a way, that's that's much of what happens during something like uh, Hanasaku Iroha. You just get a tighter focus around a particular character, so maybe that, uh, that does... That connects people to things more, but... Uh, I enjoyed it, and it it ends well enough, so it's uh, it's a worthy ride. It doesn't kind of peter out, and there are occasional arcs where you're a little bit more tightly invested. But uh, at any rate, if you're a Pa Works uh, person or a Shirabako Hanasaki Roha fan, it's uh, you you definitely want to give it a try to see if it'll uh, be something that has. Lasting appeal.
0: So I have four honorable mentions this year. The first one is another short. It's not my favorite one, but it was really cute and fun. Uh, Japan certainly seemingly loves to drink, so the, of course <laughs> they're gonna have a sweet little short dedicated to it. And this one is called "Love Is Like a Cocktail." <sighs> Yeah, this one, the entire premise of it is a poor, you know, office working woman in her middle age and her young husband. She suffers at work and then comes home every night, and in order to relieve her stress, her young, doting husband creates a new cocktail just for her, and they explain how to make it.
1: I... (laughs) That That is interesting. I remember watching it. I forget if I finished it. I feel like I watched a couple of them and then just forgot to watch the rest. So, Yeah, I mean, it's nothing overly
0: special. It's cute. It's fun. It'll take up an hour of your time, if that. Right. And then you can forget about it until somebody like me brings it up again for no real
1: good reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, is that one of those sort of three minute shorts, or is it a little longer yeah. than that? Okay. Yeah, just a three yeah. minute short. I thought you were talking about Wakakozake that second. I'm like, no, no we did that already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, all right, uh, my second one is another series that's a romance. Uh, This one is a full-length series, though, got a single core. Uh, It's just a shame that the director ended up saying some pretty hateful things afterward and kind of got himself blackballed. Uh, But that would be Recovery of an MMO Junkie. So that one was another really fun one about two people meeting in an MMO and falling in love and being kind of awkward about it. It was just a really fun series. Plus, you know, my wife is really into MMO, so I was able to kind of connect with the series in that way as well.
1: I also like that uh, both of the mains were, you know, uh, cross-playing Yeah. the game. So uh, shades of, uh, you know, what you, what you thought you were kind of getting. It was playing around with it in the, the one that we, uh, you know, extending Horizon. But uh, I, I appreciated the dynamic more in uh, Peer, the way that they were interacting in the game and then uh, eventually in meat space.
0: Uh, my third honorable mention... Is an absolutely terrible series with very, very few redeeming qualities, if any at all. But it's also it's also a series that does poly representation correctly which I think is really sweet and important, and that would be in another world with my smartphone. I've written about this series before. It's got a really fun, positive poly dynamic to the, to the typical harem setup. Uh, so I personally just really enjoy it for that reason.
1: Interesting. I, it was definitely one of those things I'm like, oh, this is ro- isekai harem stuff. I definitely bailed on this before I could pull, plumb any of that kind of detail out of it, so I'm not sure if it takes a while, but it was so. It takes bad forever. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, you want, if you want, if you are watching
0: part. it for that reason, be prepared to get comfortable. Uh, the last one that I want to mention is. It pains me to have to mention it in my honorable mentions because I really, really wanted to like it. Except for they aired the episodes out of order and I hate that. And that would be Princess Principle. So yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the concept of this series. I enjoyed what execution I saw. I loved that they brought in Yuki Kaijura to do the soundtrack. Um, but airing the episodes out of order is a surefire way to get me to not like a series. I do not like this, that concept. It just annoys me to no end. I would like to go back and watch these episodes in, uh, in proper order as opposed to broadcast order.
1: Hmm. So what you're saying is when I eventually force you to watch Haruhi, because it feels like a giant hole in your thing, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, make do with you watching them in chronological order.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not I watching that, that in broadcast in order.
1: I have no no issues with Prin Prin in the order that it did with. Uh, I really dug cute girls doing cute steampunk spy action. Uh, also, there's Yuri. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a damn fun ride. Uh, I need more. I know they have a pile of movies coming, so it's doing the girls and Panzer thing. It it's been taking too long. Uh, so yeah, it, I I enjoyed Princess Principal quite a lot. And this is the 2017. Is probably my season where I watched the most anime. I drew the most best OPs and EDs out of it. There were many more that i never skipped, which rarely happens for me. Uh, and Princess Principle has the distinction of being my second favorite both OP and ED, so it technically wins by having the highest combined total between the two.
0: those are my honorable mentions uh let's go ahead let's jump into our main list as usual these are the series that we feel are the most notable from the year not necessarily our favorites uh so let's go ahead let's start with yours what's your number one
1: okay uh i'm i'm gonna do my journey thing uh actually hold on let
0: me cut you off real fast because i totally forgot we have a we have a list ah we have a long list
1: oh i know who it is then
0: yeah so we have our friend ray earth who went through season by season (laughs) and listed out all of his favorites from every single season of 2017. I'm not going to read out every single one of them. Mm. Uh, but for Winter, he listed a couple of good ones with Ma- with Dragon Maid, Gabriel Dropout, Rakugo Season 2, Konosuba Season 2, Spring, he mentioned Aromanga Sensei and Hinako Node along with a couple of other sequels. Well, he,
1: he said it was mostly Matt. So let's. Yeah, that. he's not really voting for those too hard.
0: Uh, Summer Maiden abyss, Princess Principal, Kakaguri, uh, and he's and Isekai Shokudo, which I don't know which one that one is, but he <laughs> said he really liked it.
1: I'll it'll come up while I'm going along, so I'll I'll point that out.
0: Okay, uh, and then let's see and then fall he mentioned a couple uh hnk he wants to know where season two is girl's last tour he wants to know where (laughs) season two is blend s and yeah i think that's about all we're gonna do from those that pile of submissions we did have one on twitter from let me see. From Dorian Chadwick, who mentioned that he only watched a couple of shows in 2017, but he really enjoyed Little Witch Academia, which you can't fault him there. Nope. We've gotten through our submissions, so let's get back into our lists. I'm sorry for cutting you off
1: there. Go ahead. That's fine. You can cut the legs out from under me anytime you uh, but I mentioned 2016 stood out for me from an Iyashike uh, perspective. Uh, there are a lot of strong contenders, and there are a lot of things that uh, people ran with. So my first pick is Iyashike in Nature. Uh, there were a bunch that I watched this year. Uh, Gabriel Dropout definitely has that feel for me. Elegant Yokai Apartment Life is a cute little supernatural thing. Uh, thing that, again, strikes that uh, chord. Interviews with Monster Girls, same sort of thing. Uh, What Ray mentioned uh, in Isekai Shokudo is Restaurant to Another World. One that I liked a lot. It was definitely, you know, I think there was a lot of palliative food care in 2016 and 2017 for me. So this was the one that you know at the end of the day uh, when I made dinner and was eating that i made sure to like oh it's the it's this day let's watch restaurant to another world however uh as much as princess principle has an interesting combination of you know different genres uh that had a singular appeal to me in uh, as mentioned kind of steampunk spy action in somehow cute girls doing cute things form. Uh, <laughs> this one, which will be familiar to you, combines things that it did not even occur to me that you could possibly combine in as effective an Iyashike form as it is, and that would be uh, post-apocalyptic moe blob Iyashike. And we don't have to chat about Girls Last Tour because we're about to chat about it in an Extending Horizons cast. But I can't go through 2017 without mentioning this anime because I love it so. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't have to mention anything much about it either because that'll be saved for our Expanding Horizons cast. But uh, at the very least, did you... uh, Was that one of those things you'd meant to this year and just never got around to it? Or was it kind of, you didn't really think about it until it was some of my suggestions?
0: Yeah, this was a show that flew entirely under my radar. Nobody was talking about it that I was being around. Nobody was watching it that I was aware of, so nobody was pushing it on me. Um, I... Didn't even really know about it up until you recommended it to me a few weeks ago. Um, And this is my first time going through it. Like you mentioned, we're going to be talking about it on Expanding Horizons probably within the next couple of weeks, so we don't have to go in too in-depth on this. Uh, But I will say that, yeah, I can understand why this is on your list. Uh,
1: Also, my number three opening... And my I forget what the ending is, it's also very high up. Uh maybe number five or six for the for the year. So not the highest total, but uh, definitely my favorite insert song. So Anyway, that's where I'll end my Yashi K vote.
0: Okay. Uh with Me? I have a couple of comedies that I want to mention this year. The first one is probably the biggest one. It landed with a huge splash. Uh, This one is bittersweet, however, because the director perished in the Kyoto animation arson, which is going to make season two very difficult to watch when it premieres next year, uh, and that would be Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is just... And Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is just a really fun comedy that's so unlike other Kyoto animation works. Uh, Kyoto animation, when I think about them, I really think of animation that's either refined or more very classically moe in forms of, like, Clonade and Kaon and other things like that. It's very rare that you get a series where the designs aren't, like, beautiful and refined. Lucky Star is an example of this, where the character designs are moe, but not in a traditional way. Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid does the same thing, uh, in that the designs aren't traditionally moe, but they're still quite, you know, attractive to look at. Um, and I'm not trying to make an easy boob joke there with that. <laughs> I generally mean that the characters are fun to look at without being traditionally moe in Kyoto animation style, if that makes any sense at all. Sure. Okay, cool.
1: Now, design wise, did you have any entry points from uh, I can't understand what my husband is saying, because, you know, same author?
0: No, actually, I didn't. I This one was just something that I caught a, a promotional video for while I was browsing around and thought that it looked really good, and decided to jump in
1: yes i definitely this is among those uh i didn't throw a guess list on your end but you will there will be certain suspicious things i won't mention at all because i'm predicting you will so i left them off my list even if i would have put them on otherwise because i figure i'll talk about them when when you bring it up and uh dragon maid was one of those that i i figured would be here and indeed i loves it so Kobayashi <laughs> is great. Uh, the the two primary couples, as it were, which is Kobayashi and Toru, and of course, uh, was it Fafnir and uh, 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 I forget his name all the time. I'm a co- yeah, coworker. A co-worker. Yeah, uh, something
0: like that. I can't remember exactly what it is.
1: I I love both of their dynamics in general. We don't get nearly enough of uh, Fafnir. Uh, and the other, and of course, that's that's the focus. I wish there was a whole lot less uh, Lukoa and uh, the, the Shota kid, because I'm like, yeah. yeah, you know what? There, there are definitely things that, that strike people very negatively about this series, and I can understand where those come from. I wish there was less of it. Uh, (laughs) I'm willing to put up with it because the rest of it is so good, including, of course, Kana's family dynamic uh, uh, with Toru and Kobayashi, whether or not you uh, lament that occasionally she has to play Twister with her uh, overexcited uh, classmate. (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely looking forward to more. Uh, as you say, you know it's a, it's a definitely a lamentable loss. That was also the uh, director of Hyoka, which is an amazing series of its own. I don't know how much will you know be different from it in general, but uh, you know, also did you know I mentioned Haruhi earlier, so same same director. Uh, I have a feeling they can, you know, still be very, very worthy and very worthwhile. But it, it's an um, it it is another of the unfortunate, uh, uh, you know, artifacts of this particular production. Some of the uh, some of the content uh, uh, and the loss of the director would be uh, sorely felt. Uh, I think good opening and ending, but uh, didn't didn't top out the year for me but uh definitely a fun time that's like i said 2017 that's a giant pack of them for me
0: the opening to this series grew on me after a little while i have to admit that when i first heard it i wasn't a big fan of it and it's if you listen to other songs by fauna it doesn't usually sound like this from <laughs> if I recall correctly. This is kind of a different sound for them uh, but it grew on me after a while and I started to dig on it.
1: Fauna does good stuff. there's there's an element of uh, recognition from anything that that fauna does but uh, yes they uh, both of them are a good time.
0: Uh, let's go ahead, let's move along to our second choice. Uh, what is your number two slot?
1: I ended up probably watching more uh, more explicitly romance fair this year than otherwise. Typically I'll get a good one or two in a year, but I ended up watching a number of them this year. Uh, some of them, of course, disappointing, like uh, Fuka and the Anonymous Noise. Some of them which I didn't expect to like all that much, but actually were surprisingly investable, including Love Tyrant, which is sort of madcap rom-com, and uh, the aforementioned Recovery of an MMO Junkie. Somehow, one that I thought I would dislike more, ultimately, but I could actually buy in at the end, which is uh, World End, Suka, Suka that light novel series that has a tremendously long title. mm mm-hmm. uh, the the mainstay of it is sort of fantasy adventure but you actually uh get enough out of the main couple by the end and the way that it ends is uh itself compelling enough so uh that was good uh love and lies i'm only going to mention because the op is a banger uh and the premise is amusing but otherwise it comes across that. This one does not do anything, you know, poly well, So <laughs> even though it feels like it's trying to at times. Uh, one that most people really enjoyed this year, and I also did, uh, but doesn't top it, was uh, Tsukigakide. Uh, the one that I wished that I could talk about is Scum's Wish, uh, because I think this one is very id-driven mature uh unexpected kind of romance involving a number of characters and a number of situations that are not very pleasant or usually objectionable from a surface level so student teacher relationships doubled up in fact Mm -hmm. Uh, but i i think it goes very interesting directions but it ends in a way that i that makes me unable to ultimately invest in the, in the whole run. Uh, So I'm going to flip and go the complete opposite direction and go for the unexpectedly warm, fluffy, comedic anthology romance series, which again is fairly strange called Tsurezure. I wasn't expecting to get too much out of it going in, but I think there's five or six couples that you follow for the run and all of the episodes just hop between them. The manga does this as well, but all of the episodes just kind of hop between the willy nilly. So you meet some people that are already in a relationship or here's the childhood friends over here. Here is the, uh, what is it? The the straight laced guy and the kind of perverted girl. Here is the, uh, galga and unexpectedly the class president who uh has a thing for her you bounce off a number of relationships and types of them that you just kind of enjoy all of them and the dynamics you get just enough meat in each of them to be okay with with all of. Uh, all of the couples together they're all ultimately rootable both in the relationships and the characters uh, and it, it's it is itself kind of an Iyashike sort of thing just a romance Iyashike, where you're simply enjoying all of these uh, characters and their dynamics uh, so it's surprisingly investable even though most you know romance series, Uh, One or two core is going to focus on one, maybe two primary people uh, or primary relationships and try to pull all of your investment through it. This one works surprisingly well just on quantity, (laughs) which which is why I wanted to mention this one specifically, even though I think something like Scum's Wish is probably a, a... better investment of exploring relationship stuff (laughs) like i said (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of darkly id uh so there's there's a maturity to it and again usually ground not covered that's there but in the end, to the Zure children is very therapeutic.
0: I actually that's another one that I missed, so I don't really have much to say on this one. Um, I have seen it while browsing through like my online streaming services, uh, but I've never actually stopped on it before.
1: It's it's worth the short run, certainly. Uh, it it's easy to just check out and see. Now, this might trigger your out-of-order isness. It's technically not, because it's not like it's popping around in time, but it hops around between couples all the time. It's your usual. Episodes have, like, three uh, segments, and it usually moves from one relationship to another. So you'll get back to people after an episode or two uh, and it'll hit them. Like some, some of them get two or three segments. Some of them will get five or six, that kind of thing. It uh, it it definitely is a little bit more challenging to follow, but it doesn't require a whole lot uh, t- <laughs> to follow if if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. With mine number two, I'm going to go the opposite direction of where I went with Dragon Maid. And I'm going to mention probably the best pure drama of the year, uh, and that would be Ancient Magus Bride. So Ancient Magus Bride, if you're not familiar with the series, it has what can be considered kind of a troubling beginning because it's about a young girl who's been abused and abandoned basically her entire life so she signs herself over to be sold as a slave in an auction uh and she ends up getting bought by this large looming figure who has a skull for a head an animal skull to be specific Uh, And he tells her flat out that he bought her so that she can not only become his apprentice as a Magus, but also eventually his bride. And it develops from there into becoming a story about the main character, Chisei. Uh, discovering who she is, what abilities she has hidden away inside of her that nobody knew existed. Uh, she actually is a very powerful being with powers that have to be that have to be clamped down on, or else she will die, which she almost does like three or four times. So, Ancient Magus Bride. Not only that, though is ancient Magus pride probably has some of the best animation of the year it's just an absolutely stunning stunning series to look at even if you don't like the story all that much the animation itself is just so worth watching uh so definitely earned its spot on my list
1: if you go back to the uh, ancient Magus Brad bread channel you'll see that this is definitely the one that i planted the most screenshots of all the time it's a wit studio production that the same folks who do attack on titan well previously did and uh <laughs> so they they definitely do this but yeah from a from a visual perspective uh and just sort of a not really character cinematic but uh this is obviously a you know modern not urban fantasy but it's a modern fantasy uh twist but the fantastical elements are presented in such a way that it's just extremely strong all the time i every episode i just found striking shots of chise herself of uh of the other characters, of uh, vignettes, uh, of experiences and and mood from the show, uh, I definitely, I think the manga is still running, so we definitely have to get way more of this uh, because I am a huge fan. Uh, so yeah, I got uh, I got nothing but good things. I think even as you say the. The setup feels wrong, but the presentation acclimates you quickly to it because even though she's being sold as a slave potentially to marry uh, something against her will, you're, you're quickly coming into the fact that you know she starts without much will and the situation she's brought into is a uh, healthy and exploratory one. And uh, Elias is, uh, is certainly one of the best, best boys from uh, this year.
0: True, but best girl in this series has to go to Silky. I just have to say that.
1: <laughs> Silky doesn't get a whole lot to do, but uh, definitely there. I, I, I love, uh, uh, you know, even the relationship between uh, Chise and Ruth is, uh, is great after that comes in so you get a lot of interesting characters and different dynamics coming in and it's uh it, it it has a representation of you know the 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 she uh the the celtic feel to it much more uh you you only get shades of that in in things here and there but this type of fantasy feels very fay. And a, a well done version of it. So I keep wanting them to explore around. Uh, I think that the least good part of it is when they would introduce these characters that kind of come up as antagonists. Like, here is a primary antagonist sort. I'm like, it, do, it doesn't feel right to me. At least none of them have landed well yet. I like where the danger in many situations, comes from, okay, there's something going on, there is an enemy, but a lot of times it's simply uh, uh, Chisei's powers herself, not understanding something about a fantastical element going on, rather than having a directed primary antagonist sort of thing. So I'm not sure how much that will get leaned into in the future. But, uh... But the rest of it is is just a... Uh, a wonderful ride yeah i mean
0: i have to agree with the antagonists especially with we're getting into the second core which i believe aired the in 2018 but that's fine we'll discuss it all as one big hole um the final two or three episodes are really difficult to watch I will, if you've never watched this series before and you think the first half is dark you are in for a whole world of you have no idea what's coming
1: it, it does have some dark and gruesome-ish elements, it, it's hard to call it that compared to other you know, fair that I'm familiar with, but even so, it, it's uh, definitely leans into dark fantasy elements well. I just like it less when you're talking about this particular antagonist. So uh, who knows what will what will happen henceforth, but I, I do hope that we get plenty more. This weirdly, this feels like an odd parallel. So like a uh, like a skewing of uh, Snow White with the red hair, just sort of the dark fantasy equivalent, but there's still plenty uh, uh, to go on uh, in it. it's it's the kind of sort of that one of his is of course past fantasy rather than modern fantasy like a ancient magus bride is but uh when when experiencing it in part it it has a kind of fantastic uh feel that comes i think from the same enjoyable fantasy element but uh but obviously skewed very (laughs) very very much uh to uh, some some level of uh fluffy and comedic versus dark and dramatic that may not be the parallel you're looking for though (laughs)
0: all right let's move along to our third choice uh what do you have for your number three
1: okay for things that are kind of you know shonen-y and uh uh action-y and that kind of thing uh, some of it's sportsy, of course. Uh, I, For me, I still had series like uh, Yamoshi Paddle and Food Wars continuing apace. I, I mentioned before, you know, the uh, historic. Uh, oh, oh, wait, sorry. Kekai Sensen Season 2 happened this year as well. I maybe should have put it above, but uh, it, it was on my list in 2015, so I'll, I'll mention Season 2 here as well. More good. Uh, you have the historical action stuff. In this year, it's not uh, Arslan, but another. All of these begin with A. Old Araman, Arslan, and this year it had Altair. Uh, so, a, a Persian flavored, uh, 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 you know, historical fantasy military action kind of series. And somehow you got. Uh, military action from an isekai that year, the surprisingly enjoyable saga of Tanya the Evil, which feels like it shouldn't work. Possibly the author wrote it to not work, and yet it works. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've heard things about uh, why the author decided to write, and yet it uh, it doesn't feel like commentary on itself. It's just doing things well. Uh, we mentioned Princess Principle before. But for this year for me, I have to give uh, a mention to the first season of the most hype shonen battler that ever was, and possibly ever will be. And of course, I am talking about the one which is almost entirely comprised of hot chicks and gambling, uh, Kakegurui. for me i've mentioned before that shonen in general especially if you're going to qualify something as hype battle shonen uh it can't be endless because that just you know takes me out of it and i appreciate it most when it's skewed so food wars has been filling that uh for me for years until i gave up and stopped with fifth plate uh, uh, didn't watch Fifth as and I stopped. Uh, but this one, I don't know what. It, I almost feel like the the PV for it, the promotional video, sold me on the series before I saw anything else about it. Uh, and the fact that it's my favorite opening of the year just kind of stamps it in place. Uh, one of my favorite voice actresses. Uh, of the modern era, is Saori Hayami. Almost all the time, she's just kind of got sweet and pleasant roles for the most part. She is your main character in uh, Snow White with Red Hair. Uh, She's the president in Hibike Euphonium. But in this one, she has that Mm surface-level facade where she is a sweet and light and innocent character. But then... Uh, Yumiko Jabami. The moment that she gets infused into this world of gambling, she just turns into a quasi-insane, orgasmic, uh, <laughs> crazy tron. <laughs> you could, you can literally call this uh, "crazy phases" the anime. So, possibly my second most screenshot of the year. Every character have these sort of three modes where they're pleasant uh or they're kind of cocky or they're utterly demented and this does utterly demented faces like no other show uh and and it's always transposed on these ridiculous gambling games that they're playing and utterly redonkulous situations that it is just uh uh a joy to behold and it's it's such a non-stereotypical hype shonen battler uh in this form that uh that makes me enjoy it so very much Uh, (laughs) even though it's you know utter nonsense so (laughs) i don't know how much you've experienced of it uh in general you read it off on ray's list but uh I think you probably have no real experience with the show in particular.
0: Actually, I remember reading the first volume of the manga and I watched the first season on Netflix. Ooh, I, my, don't uh, Netflix. A... <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: Netflix.
0: Sorry. I don't have a whole lot of memories of this series though it just kind of faded from my memory i remember watching it i remember enjoying it i remember thinking that i wanted to watch the second season and then i just never did for some reason that i'm not really sure of
1: Hmm. understandable it does get lost in it and unless i think unless you have a particular joy of the way in which you're Getting your cheesy shonen stuff uh, from this, which is why I I've always stuck with food wars and love things like yakitate Japan. Uh, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of meat to the series, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it is it is all style. Uh, very little surprising and sort of your battle things here and there. It has surprisingly, I think, my favorite. Idol dancing scene uh, in season one because the whole CG thing that all of the I, the actual Idol series lean into whenever they're doing their dances makes my brain go afire with <laughs> with, with with hatred. Uh, this one is mostly 2D and succeeds. There's a little bit of 3D, but it's not in the close-ups and it's not as pronounced. So uh, uh, the 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 song is cute. The dancing is all done very well. The fact that it comes out of this after this ridiculous competition between Yumiko and the uh, that idol character, the you know the the evil council members who uh, <laughs> who are your gambling challenges to triumph through, so that she can challenge the uh, the president. Uh, that kind of stuff it 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 caps a uh, a very amusing set of circumstances and somehow is the best presented idol dance uh, <laughs> that that we've probably gotten in a in a long time so better than the a, idol
0: episode of beyond the boundary
1: uh, i will give yeah that that one probably takes the ultimate cake because uh, Beyond the Boundary is, you know, Kyoto Animation at their animating best, and it too does not lead into it. So if more of them, if you had more, you know, uh, Idolmaster and Love Live and other stuff doing what those two shows do, I would probably enjoy them more. But even, you know, I, I got that with Zombieland Saga in a recent season and Again, it started leaning in and doing too much normal CG stuff and it just drags me out of uh, out of it. But the two of them managed to deliver good songs, great dancing, excellent animation, and doesn't light my brain a fire. So <laughs>
0: Okay, so for my number three I am going to go with a series that everyone warned me about before I watched it. I did not watch it in 2017. I waited a couple of years, actually. Uh, And I was told that I was going to cry buckets and it was going to be and I was going to leave me as an emotional wreck. I watched it. I did not shed a single tear for some strange reason, which I have still yet to identify, and that would be made an abyss.
1: And there's only one real scene that does the, the buckets crying one, I think. So they, uh, they presume that, you know, it's like watching Violet Evergarden. Maybe or maybe not. You'll, uh, you'll really be hit by that one episode that everyone talks about. But, uh... I think that that's much to the point of Made in Abyss as well.
0: Yeah, Made in an Abyss, for those who are not aware, is basically a fantasy series, uh, features some of the more unique animation that I've seen. Uh, within the last few years, I believe the studio is Kinema Citrus, but basically it's about a young girl who lives in an area that has a giant bottomless pit and a job that you can have in this world is exploring the pit and that's what her parents did before they died on one of their excursions and she wants to go as far down into the pit as possible uh in order to find her parents or at least find something that connects them together and the story is basically just her going further and further down along with her companion Uh, The series is very well done, I enjoyed it immensely, Um, but yeah, I have to admit that I am like the world's easiest person to make cry at anime. You show me something even remotely sad, I will shed a tear. It's It's kind of sad. But Made in Abyss, it was good, it was emotional, but yeah, I just did not get hit. As hard by that one scene towards the end, I'm not going to give away the huge spoiler, uh, that everyone warned me about. It was just kind of there. Ah,
1: <sighs> you are really complicating my lists. Uh, yes, the Made Abyss I thought was a uh, delightfully interesting time. Again, more dark fantasy, but this is you know of the adventure sort uh kind of it it feel 2017 had an interesting dynamic with girls last tour in this for me because it was kind of taking very exaggeratingly moe blob characters and sticking them in circumstances that were alternatively just weird and having them explore it or in this case deadly and harmful and occasionally leaning into body horror and <laughs> pain and torture. And I'm like, huh, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they play against each other. And I, I know that there are, there are folks who disapprove of, uh, uh, the links that the manga art author goes to. I don't think, I think the anime rightfully avoids that kind of stuff, but, uh, I definitely enjoy the journey you have between Rico and Reg. Uh, you get a lot of... It's it's almost like your point of view character is Reg rather than Rico. Even though she's the main character driving the plot. He's like the one who can't remember anything but represents the weirdness of the world. So you're being exposed to it through this robot boy Thing that's obviously been down in the deep and has dangerous powers and other stuff, but is you know still just a good kid and uh, uh, trying to care and trying to protect Rico as they go in search of her her mother. Uh, so yeah, you're 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 being in a way acclimated to the world through through both of them, but but more interestingly, I think through uh, Reg, uh, Nanachi, of course, has probably best vocal mannerisms of, uh, 2017, which is great character design, great, uh, uh, voice, great, nah, uh, you said you didn't watch this one until afterwards, so did it have a dub at that point?
0: Yeah, it did.
1: Okay. I may have to duck in and check out the dub to see how that comes across because it, it it's hard for me to imagine that working in English with, with an English VA quite as well. And it, it feels like the series, this is one of those that annoyingly stopped at a place where like everyone seems to be saying, you know, it really starts to hit the fan a lot more. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they, they did have a, a continuation movie this year, but I haven't watched it yet. I don't. I think it got played in some streaming, digital purchase fashion during COVID times. But you know, it's obviously been an annoying time to try to catch up on things that would have been in a theater in 2020.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Uh, And of course, how much of your, how much imprinting does this series do for you? simply due to the uh presence of uh uh like uh kevin penkin and and the music or a lot of folks really leaned in to to him and i i definitely like the music uh i know for violet evergarden he he made a different uh uh composer but he made your uh, your list but was kevin penkin a uh Something that had appealed to you in the same sort of way, or not? I
0: can't say that I drew into the music all that much. I mean, I I'm lo- thinking back on the series now, and I can remember very certain and very specific scenes, very specific moments, uh, the overall feel of the series, but like musical cues, I'm having trouble mm-hmm. really remembering.
1: I feel like Penkin gets name dropped more than Evan call so uh that's that was the only real reason that uh, my brain linked the two of them together just from being you know not Japanese composer for prominent series but along the music lines this had my favorite ending of the year so there you go <laughs>
0: Alright, let's go ahead. Let's move along to our number four. We're already over an hour, so let's go mm. ahead. Let's, let's go ahead and jump into our number fours.
1: What oh is your
0: next one?
1: I'm, I'm not sure. God damn it. You, you, you hit me. You hurt me, man. Because <laughs> number four was the one I wanted to end with second to last. And I was hoping, I thought you might have uh, my pick, but I was hoping that you would have it later than me or wouldn't have it at all. Uh, I, guess, I guess I'll guess i land here. This season, I think, is the surplus of uh, fantasy shows. That certainly that I watched the most of, but I think the highest grade of them in general uh, from things that were a a very generic fantasy show that I enjoyed, like uh, Grimoire of Zero, um, more modern fantasy with, you know, splashing in sci-fi, Sagrada Reset, I thought aimed a little bit higher than it could deliver, but it was an interesting try. I do feel like I'm one of the only people who watched it that year. Alice and Zodoku I liked a lot. You had a reverse Isekai and Recreators that came out. Uh, so it mixed fantasy and sci-fi elements. Uh, you you had the return of... Uh, well, maybe I won't mention that one, thinking you might. Uh, the You had season two of Konosuba come back. So again, you know, strong presence uh the this would be the first year that I had a positive reception to CG anime in a, a very interesting and unique uh series called Land of the Lustrous. And they've delivered a, another well-produced CG anime in later years in Beastars, so I I definitely keep an eye on that studio and that particular, you know, fan fantasy is a, is a very interesting world. This is where I usually had Patter to choose between the last two, but one of them was going to be Made in Abyss and the last one I was going to end with was Ancient Mage's Pride. <laughs> we both of them. Uh, so I'm going to wrap around back and uh, give give a vote for a coming-of-age, magical fantasy, overall just fun time it was the one thing that that guy on Twitter, uh, watched it or voted for in 2017. Uh, I'm not really a huge trigger, uh, guy in general, but because you stole my other fantasies, instead of passing by, I will end and mention Little Witch Academia. Definitely the best anime with academia in the title too. (laughs) And there are heroes here. Uh, as I recall, I forget if this one started with a Kickstarter or equivalent. I think it did. So it, it was interesting to watch this thing grow over the years as well because it started with a couple OVAs that were community funded, as I recall, or at least the first one was, and then the next one followed up. Uh, Trigger is definitely having a whole lot of fun with the goofy elements. It It definitely feels like a girls spin on uh, Harry Potter from a uh, trigger perspective. And if you know the studio, you pretty much get what that means. Uh, It, uh, the, the relationships are, are enjoyable. It got two core here. So you get a a bunch of fantasy romp, you get uh, enough meat going through, uh, but it, it's still very, you know, madcap comedic most of the time. But there's tremendous uh, character design and a whole lot of uh, fun ones to go through. So it's, it's overall just a, a very enjoyable time uh, by the end of the run. I forget whether or not we're ever going to get more of it. It almost feels like you get more of it through video games because they've been doing a couple of those as well. But, uh, but yeah, I don't have too much to say about it other than if you, if what I just said makes sense to you and you're familiar with, with Trigger or the, uh, the director, Yo Yo uh, you know, get, give it a roll. You will probably have a good time.
0: I have a really bad Trigger allergy,
1: <laughs>
0: which gets in the, the way of me yeah it's, i have a really bad allergic reaction to pretty much anything that trigger puts out um little witch academia i really enjoyed the ova when it was first released i watched it i really liked it i never got around to watching the full-length tv series i would like to i just haven't
1: yet uh, what what about the film because there is an ova then a a film in 2015.
0: I think I missed the film. I think I just saw the short OVA.
1: I think it's worth your time. I definitely am not as enamored of them. I know that there are a bunch of things that, you know, when, when supernatural battles become commonplace, *Kisniver*. there are a bunch, Darling in the Franxx*. there are a bunch that start interestingly, but, you know, fall off by the end. Uh, I know this is one of those things that uh, puts me entirely against the uh, uh, community appeal, but no matter how many times I have started Gurren Lagann, I just can't get out of the same <laughs> episodes. It, it, it just uh, falls. So probably my favorite overall, uh, Kill a Kill, which was their first official title, uh, I enjoyed plenty enough. It was the kind of madcap. And uh, uh, stuff that it did was appealing enough. I don't love it the way a lot of people do. So again, that's sort of my high point. Uh, I think Gridman is worth your time. So I keep up because Trigger is so prominent a studio that you can't help but. Uh, And I I think it's worth it enough for you. If you enjoyed Little Witch Academia from the original OVA, then you might as well see whether or not going further... Uh, hold similar uh, appeal for you I know a lot of people like it uh, it's definitely well worth your time it would not have ended the category or even second ended the category or even possibly third ended the category uh, for me but but in the end that's what I I figured I'd talk about so there we go
0: (laughs) (laughs) that works so, okay, um, we'll go ahead, we'll jump into my number four. My number four is another comedy series, it's another fantasy series, uh, it's another early fantasy series, uh, and this one, it's not fantastical, but it's still done in just a good enough way that it makes you feel good, even though they have to include that stupid idol dance at the end of episode 8 uh, naturally that gives it away so I'm talking about the Royal Tudor
1: <laughs> I ha- I had a feeling uh, you would mention it's again an, an explicit non mention for me so uh,
0: the Royal Tudor has a really simple premise it's four princes who are the second through fifth princes i believe uh the oldest prince is already set to take the throne of a fantasy kingdom uh but uh the second through fifth prince sons need to be tutored in their studies just in case something happens and one of them has to take the throne so the king brings in someone who is pint-sized but says that he is a complete adult uh but ends up growing attached to the son, to the princes and the princes grow attached to him and it's just a really sweet relationship that blossoms between the different characters again we're ignoring the really stupid <laughs> music video at the end of episode eight. Oh my god anyways
1: but and every every time heine sneezes all of their clothes fly off very much well. <laughs> but
0: yes anyways that is my number four uh do you have any thoughts on this one i'm pretty sure you watched it
1: i watched royal tutor i definitely had fun i thought it very weird when when they tried to bring in a oh here's plot and i'm like are you sure <laughs> this is I feel like here's some plot <laughs> It's definitely a fun time. all of the princes are ridiculous and sweet and dumb in their own ways so uh 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 definitely the dynamics bouncing off each other uh are enjoyable uh, uh so yeah it it doesn't rank highly for me as highly except in that heine is the best one man band in anime. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) i love
0: i actually have a gif of that moment and i love breaking it out at random times like instead of playing the world's smallest violin here's the world's smallest one-man band
1: yeah but the uh i think the uh princess should have gotten more uh time as well but uh but hey it's a uh it's a fun overall thing. You'll know pretty much by episode one. Certainly, if you're going to give this series a three shot, you'll know whether or not it's worth your roll for the rest of it. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. I had, I had plenty of fun with it. Uh, I don't know whether or not it's, you know, is it a manga that's continuing? It doesn't feel light novely.
0: Yeah, it's a manga that is still ongoing, Yen Press publishes the mm-hmm. chapters digitally, uh, so it's, I haven't read it yet, I would really like to, uh, but I just never have the time or inclination to get caught up with it, but I would really like to, it's on my list.
1: I don't suppose that, uh, there's any chance in, in heck that it would get a second season, but, uh, I suppose if there's, you know, nothing else to, to do, they might bring it back for, for more. It doesn't feel likely, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a fun one and done that you can, uh, invest enough character enjoyment with.
0: Yeah, I would really like to see a second season. Uh, that would make me very happy. So, okay, we got one left. What is your number five now that I've completely decimated your list?
1: Mm, you, well, you decimated my number four list because that was my fantasy one. I, I did not think that you were going to have Maiden Abyss, so I assumed maybe I'd beat be Ancient Magic's Bride or maybe I would uh, lose it. But I'd have that as a fallback. We took both of them before I got to the <laughs> this is because I wanted my second to last to be ancient uh Mavis bride, so therefore that that owned the position. Uh, you can call me cheap if you want, but 2016 and 2017 were years in which the moment the winter season passed. I said, well, that's anime of the year, Uh, pretty much assuming that uh, it would not be beaten. It definitely had a repeat in 2017 because we got season two exactly a year after season one. Uh, And it's tremendous. And I talked about it last in 2016. I'm giving my one and only duplicate emphasis for these things, to Showa Genroku, Rakugo Shinju. <laughs> okay. I, I think it deserves it in other part because the two seasons feel very tonally split. And that's because in the first episode of season one, you start in the uh, uh, the, the end of the Showa period and you have characters and your frame of reference goes back to, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Yakumo is, you have your, your main character who, at the end of it, he's your Rakugo master, but he starts talking about his past and his friend, the father of Kanatsu, one of the uh, characters, his adopted daughter, and you, you essentially snap back, I don't know, it feels like a lot more years, my time frame may be off, but you snap back before, before the war and you start in, and then you learn everything. So you get uh, uh, Yakumo or uh, Kikuhiko as he is a child and starting to learn his craft, uh, and then uh, Sukeroku, the other uh, guy who would become part of their, you know, romance slash romantic rivalry, as it were. Uh, both of them going through and essentially trying to help each other, in a way, continue in the ancient art form. Uh, One of them representing the tradition of the form, and the other its modern salvation of it. And after you end season one, you go back to the present, quote-unquote, and you start with that main character you introed with, the guy who just left prison, and now he's, uh, uh, you know, trying to learn, trying to make his way in it. He was a huge fan of uh, Sukeroku, the the father, the friend who was lost in season one. And he's trying to essentially save uh, the the art of Rakugo because our eighth bastard, uh. Yakumo just kind of doesn't care. He's excellent at his craft, he's at the, the top of the world in it, but he has lost his love of it, and you get one of these stories where it's the younger generation trying to kind of inspire and draw inspiration from the older generation and continue something but evolve it so the the story at this point is not folks learning and uh, learning their relationship and learning their loves and then uh being introduced to their kids as it were but now you have the kids grown up and the romantic relationships and uh in a way trying to save the soul of yakumo and save the craft of rakugo and uh this season also there there's a very dramatic uh scene in season one which which is te- i'm gonna, not going to go into it but it it's implied by the title and by what you know the plot to be but it's still you know pretty shocking what happens when it happens and then there's like a redoubled shocking revelation of what actually happens that happens that goes on in season two that kind of blew me away again and uh overall the impact of this show simply cannot be understated and since i'm a a sucker for historicals and dramas and well crafted dramas and jose in general uh which of course this is uh uh i mean if you're if you're gonna put a gun to my head this is possibly beating the space brothers and Fudu, but it's technically right below them uh <laughs> so uh i'm going to mention it again but I not have to talk about it further and obviously we talked about it last time i'm i'm just really really impressing upon people uh, if you have any kind of attachment to this sort of stuff, uh, dive in headlong.
0: You've already threatened to throw this one at me for a future expanding horizons. I get the feeling this is going to happen sooner rather than later. So it might. It, we'll, it might. We'll, yeah, so we'll save our big discussion for of it for later. But, yeah, I assume that we'll, that this discussion will happen eventually.
1: But, yeah, it was, it was interesting in the beginning of both 2016 and 2017 to just be, we end the season, like, well, that's anime of the year and actually mean it. Most of the time <laughs> it's said sarcastically because you haven't seen three quarters of the year. Yeah. But they landed and I'm like, I can't imagine doing better.
0: <laughs> so. For my last pick... I'm going with yet another fantasy series. This was a good year for fantasy series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's a series I openly admit You mentioned it earlier in passing. It's a series that I don't remember a whole lot about besides the just absolutely beautiful opening episode. After that, it gets progressively fuzzier and fuzzier. (laughs) Uh, But it still just blew me away when I watched it a year or so after it aired, and that would be World End something, something, something long title.
1: Wow, that's that's interesting. That's, uh, I didn't expect that. I, I skipped mentioning Kino's thinking that you might have uh, done that. I wasn't expecting a, a World End pull. That's
0: cool. Yeah, World End, I really... World End, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot about it. This is the, exactly the reason why it's closing out my list rather than being at the front of it. i remember really enjoying it though and i remember it ending and wanting more and i still want more i'd like to go back to it someday and just blow through it and have a second season to continue on with um you basically said everything about it earlier in passing that I wanted to say now it's so it's difficult to tread new water with this. Uh, But I loved the fan. I loved the fantastical nature of it. I loved how it bounced back and forth between silly and charming and just dark and kind of occasionally depressing. This is one of the very few series from 2017 where I specifically went out of my way to get the soundtrack because mm. I thought the soundtrack was just amazingly well done. Uh,
1: it, it has a very good version of Scarborough Fair, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that you say like a really huge first episode. I think it closes in a uh, in the strongest fashion which is one of the the reasons that it leaves a lasting impact for me uh especially you know scarborough fair is attached to basically your climactic battle stuff going on and then you get the epilogue between it it's it's interesting i implied but i didn't go in because as you say i was mentioning it in passing but I feel like this is one of those things that you would usually think would have a worse reception and uh, uh, treatment of it, which is effectively your your lolly death squad. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, Black Bullet is one of those things where people kind of groan uh, when you talk about it. I had a weird fun time with that anyway, but certainly I'm not going to uh, recommend it a whole lot. And in here you get, you know, our main female protagonist, Folly, is a leprechaun. And those are all basically little girls who, as they get older, seem to be able to synchronize with weapons so that they can fight uh, things and try to protect the, the world from their various creatures so they have handlers they have a, an implied, a limited lifespan. So you already know going in that essentially they'll get more and more powerful and then they'll get maybe as aged as, I forget what, 15 or something like that. Like it, it's one of those things that kind of squicks people out a little where it's like, Oh, once they get to puberty, suddenly they, uh, they, they uh, are gone in a fashion. And usually if you have older male, younger Notably younger female in that kind of role, you can't really invest in whatever is an implied relationship between them. But somehow this one skews through in a in a way that I wouldn't have expected, and I did actually care about the two of them by the end. And uh, you get to your so it leads to a a dramatic enough ending. And as you say, there's there is seemingly more that can be done, and I would definitely be interested in seeing it. Uh, so in in a way, it's surprising to me mainly because it I felt more out of it than I thought I would have by by concept by title because <laughs> it's like oh huge huge light novel title eh? a. <laughs> <laughs> They have kind of a reputation, Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, definitely, definitely a good time. I would definitely like to see more of the characters in the world, especially in light of what happens by the end of it. Again, another one I feel we're, we're never seeing again, though.
0: Yeah, it just ended up being kind of the series that flew under a lot of people's radar. I saw more than a couple of people describe this series as underappreciated, which I can totally understand.
1: At a surface level, I think you'd have people going in and just kind of rolling their eyes in a bunch and uh, and not really giving it too much of a try. But uh, it was good. hmm
0: so all right, uh, did you have any other final thoughts, comments, or anything you wanted to mention?
1: Mm, I'm trying to mention in all of our stuff. Did my what was my third opening? Ah oh, man, I'm I'm losing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was specifically mentioning the openings and endings, but I I forget which ones were uh uh. uh here i think i I guess i mentioned my top ones so so that's fine i got i got nothing more i am curious of if i'm ever you know i've been slowly declining in watching since 2017 for you i guess it's from 2016 so uh i i wonder if i will ever get back to the point where i can keep up a somewhere between 20 and 30 per season that i was at that time that's why i mentioned so many damn things here maybe maybe i mean i i left entirely for for the early 2000s so it's i i'm certainly never leaving again because there will always be highlights for me to watch even if in this last season i'm not actually watching anything of the season cuz i just kind of don't care so i'm catching up and doing other stuff but uh but it, I, I wonder whether or not I've, you know, have I hit a particular tier where that was where I started it? Because I could watch everything, I did watch everything, and now it's like, well, I don't need to do that at this point. Will, will I hit that enthusiasm level again, or will I, uh, have I tiered?
0: Not getting I younger. do believe that you and I have ascended beyond
1: oh okay
0: (laughs) beyond you know the needing to watch every last series that airs every single season we have reached the higher anime existence plane
1: we are we are in a nerdvana of some sort
0: exactly we are otaku enlightened
1: (laughs) i i accept that explanation that that works (laughs) okay cool
0: So, uh, thanks again for joining me for another fun discussion. We got two more of these to do, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: And thanks to all of you for listening to us ramble on for the last hour and a half. If you... Uh, enjoy what we're doing remember these episodes appear on patreon first that's patreon.com slash otaku review they hang out there for a week before they hit major podcast providers if you want to do a solid and drop us a like share and subscribe that'd be appreciated but otherwise we'll have a great night and talk to you all soon
1: night folks